Hey, my name is Jason, and you're listening to the Embrace Church Podcast. God is doing some incredible things at each one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota. To learn more about Embrace and maybe plan your visit, head on over to imembrace.com. We hope today's message brings you hope, inspires you, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive in to today's message. Hey, everyone. I just want to welcome you to Embrace today. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses, network churches. If you're joining us on Facebook Live or listening later this week on iTunes, just want to welcome you here. I hope it's been a fantastic weekend for every single person that's joining us today. Uh, If you have kids and they went back to school, I hope the transition went well. My kids, three of the four, went back to school this past Thursday. And so we took the mandatory family photo on the front porch uh, steps. And so we did... That, and uh, I was quick to the game and posted my picture on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the appropriate places, you know what I'm saying. And, uh, but I quickly realized after I posted that we are not keeping up with the times. We didn't have like a card that shared like uh, my five goals for the next 20 years of my kids. Like there was nothing. Folks, we're just trying to get our kids to look at the camera, okay? That's all we're doing. We took roughly 700 pictures to get this picture right here. And so it was awesome. So we dropped the kids off and then I stopped back by the house and my wife and I were on our front porch and my wife asked me to do something she has never, I truly believe, I don't think she's ever asked me to do. She handed me her phone and she's like, would you take a picture of me? I want a picture uh, of our kid's first day of school. And I'm like, is there something wrong with you? You never asked me to do this. So she took a step back and this was her uh, picture of her first day of school right there. (laughs) So I'm like, oh my gosh, I think my wife is under the influence or something. But she, uh, she was needless to say excited about kids going back to school. So I hope it's been a good transition for you. Last week, we kicked off a brand new series called The Heart of Embrace. And over these three weeks, we're talking about who we are as a church, the unique call and heartbeat that God has given us. But over these three weeks, more than hearing about us, more than hearing about this imperfect church called Embrace, we hope that you would hear the heartbeat of Jesus. And so we started this series and response has been fantastic. And uh, just to confess, it's always a little strange for me uh, to talk about who we are as a church. I don't know why. It's always been something that's been strange for me, but I know it's so important to do so. And more than just being important, it's also a biblical thing to do. So much of the New Testament is, is Paul and different people writing specific letters to specific churches, talking about specific things in those churches. And so that's what we're doing here today. And the response from so many of you was great. I just had people message me, email me, even text me just saying, hey, thank you for this series. We want to hear this. We truly want to hear who we are as, as, as a church. And so the response was great. And by the way, weren't the stories from last week phenomenal? If you were here, can we just put it up for the people who shared their stories with us? I know for all three of them, it was a step outside of their comfort zone. And so, so grateful for that. Today, we're going to hear a couple of more stories as well. And so last week, we shared about how we got started as a church. I was 24 years old. I did not want to start a church. We talked about that. We talked about where the name Embrace came from. We also talked about our overall heartbeat is to reach the next person for Jesus. 
We love Jesus and we'll do anything and everything to reach the next person and the next person and the next person for Jesus. So that, that's what we talked about. Now, what does it mean to reach the next person for Jesus? Is it just more people coming through the doors on Sundays? Is it butts and seats? Is it, is it this? Is it that? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And last week, we started off by doing so, looking at one of the most well-known stories that Jesus ever told. The story about a man who has two sons. Maybe you've heard the story called the prodigal son. If you don't know the story, in Luke 15, Jesus is sitting with tax collectors and sinners. He's sitting with outsiders, those who are outside the church, those who are looked down upon. We, they look down, we're looked down on by the religious people. So Jesus is sitting with these sinners. And when he does, the religious people start grumbling and mumbling about Jesus, literally saying, why is he sitting with such scum? And in response to that, Jesus begins to share a few stories with them. And one of the stories is about this man who has two sons. If you don't know, the younger son was a bit of a wild child. At one point, he came to his dad and he asked for his dad's money. Basically, he said, Dad, I'd rather have your money than have you alive. The dad gave the money to the son. We're told that the son packed up his things and he went to a far off distant land. Once there, he quickly spent through his money on parties, wild living, booze, and prostitutes. Quickly hit rock bottom, ended up living out in the fields with pigs, eating worse than the pigs, and at rock bottom, he finally came to his senses, and he told himself, it would be better to go home and work for my old man as a servant. It would be better to do that than it would be to stay where I am. And so in Luke 15, verse 20, this is where we pick up the story. Here is what we find out. It says, so he set off and went to his father, but while he was still far off, his father Solomon was filled with compassion. He ran, embraced him, and kissed him. He ran, embraced him, and kissed him. What does it mean to reach the next person for Jesus? What's the heartbeat of embrace? More than that, what's the heartbeat of God? This right here, encounter compassion, embrace, run. Encounter compassion, embrace, run. That's our heartbeat. That's, the, that's really the basis of who we are as a church. Last week, we started out by talking about the first two, encounter. Before anything else, we want to encounter the living God. More than being a club or a country club, we're a church, a body of Christ. We want to meet with Jesus. We want to hear from him. We want to experience his love. We want to fall more in love with him. More than want to, we need to meet with him. We want to encounter God. Even today in the service, I'm like, God, I'm so grateful that I can meet with you, that we can meet with you. And then secondly, compassion. We want to be received with compassion for the person coming through the doors for their very first time, regardless of their background, regardless of their history, their last name, their income level, or the lack thereof. We hope that they'd be received as if they were Jesus himself. Received with compassion. That's not just true for the first time guests. It's true for all of us as well. Not to mention this Yahoo. Church should be the one place that we can let our guard down. The one place that we can say, I'm just honest, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm bitter. I'm angry. I got some doubts. I got some questions. I got some crap in my life, and I'm not sure how to get out of it. Received with compassion. Encounter compassion. That's where we've been. And now continuing on today, our third part is Embrace. The word embrace means to place one's arms lovingly around another. 
And you see, when this happens, when we're embraced by God, when his arms are placed around us, it changes us, and we are no longer the same. His love, it changes us. His grace and his truth, it changes us. When we are embraced by God, we are no longer the same compassion. Again, the second part, we are welcomed right where we are. Embrace God, would you please change us? We're welcomed and we're loved right where we are. We don't need to clean ourselves up before we come, but God, would you love us enough to not let us stay there? Would you change us from the inside out? I don't know about you, but I want to hear the truth from God even if it hurts. That's why we're here, right? It's like something is broken inside of us. We want to hear the truth. We want to hear what God has to say, which is the complete opposite of what the world is constantly yelling at us, isn't it? The world is yelling, everyone's okay, and you're fine. Just be who you are. Just live according to your truth, whatever that is. If it's not illegal, just do exactly what you feel. You're in charge of your life. You know better than anyone. You just got to go and be you. I don't know about you. That's not working for me. My truth? I don't want my truth. When I'm in control, every single time it ends in brokenness. I know the least amount in life that I know right now, like ever, than ever before. I don't want my truth. My truth, are you kidding? I want to hear from God. You see, thankfully, God, he so loved this world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And Jesus meets us right where we are. And yet this same God, he loves us enough to tell us that there is a better way to live. Our God, he sent us Jesus. He meets us right where we are. He, we don't have to clean ourselves up in our mess. He comes and he meets us there. And yet he loves us enough to tell us to go and sin no more. He doesn't embarrass us. He doesn't throw stones at us. But he tells us that there's a better way to live. There's a narrow path that leads to life. The wide path, it ends in destruction. This narrow path, though, you just come and follow me and I'll show you the path. It's filled with abundant life. You're looking for joy? Let me just show you that. You're looking for peace? Let me just tell you more about that. In the story of the prodigal son, the the son doesn't just keep on going in this far off distant land. Instead, at some point, he turns. He turns. He's like, no, I've tried to go this way. I'm going back to my old man because my old man is so good. He's so loving. He finally comes to his senses. He's not just going to stay off in the far off distant land. Instead, at some point, he decides that he hates his life enough to change it. He's like, I'm going back home. I'm going back here. We want to be changed by God. Now, we can be changed any place. We can be changed in a worship service. We can be changed in we're, when we're singing a worship song in our car. We can be changed when we're meeting a friend for coffee. We can be changed when we're looking at a sunset and we're just in awe of God's creation. But as a church, one of the best places to be changed is in groups. Groups, actually having other people in our lives. Large groups, small groups. We are best changed when we have people around us encouraging us, people who can pray for us, people who can speak into our lives, people that we can dive deeper into the Bible with and try to understand it together. It's so easy to go in and out of church every single week and yet not know a soul. It's one of the things that grieves my heart as as a pastor is people just going in and out and, and feeling completely unknown. I say this often, but I never cease to be amazed by how many Facebook friends we can, we can have, and yet we don't have one friend that we can call in the middle of the night and just say, I'm really, really struggling right now. My marriage, I'm scared about it. I just know I'm not making the best decisions. 
I just got some questions. Would you just pray for me? Would you just hear me out? Because I just want someone to know what I'm going through. We need other people. In the good, bad, and otherwise that life throws our way, we need others to lift us up when we can't lift ourselves. Do you want to change your marriage? Get into a group. Do you want to grow in your love for Jesus? Get into a group. Do you not like the person that you are? Get into a group and allow God to change you. And this isn't a silver bullet. It's not this, this one thing that you could do and everything's going to be fine and everything's going to be fairy tales. That's not, that's not it at all. But it's a great first step. And when it comes to groups, we have large groups and small groups. This fall, we're kicking them off at all of our campuses. As you came in today, you maybe were given one of these at the door or maybe it was on your seat. This one encourages you. It shares more information about the large groups that are taking place at your campus. If you've ever felt awkward going to a, a small group, sometimes going to some random stranger's house just feels really, really weird. It's like, I feel like I'm doing a drug deal right now, and I promise that I'm not doing a drug deal. And so if you're nervous about that, if it's awkward, the large group is perfect. They're held at the campuses themselves by a person that you most likely will, will recognize from a Sunday morning. Again, just a great chance to get connected, get, get plugged in. If there was one thing that I could require every single person who calls Embrace Their Home to do, it'd be to get into a group. Be to get into a group. This fall, maybe skip one of the 16 things your kids are involved with and get into a group. But we already paid for soccer. Well, okay, that's, that's cool. Just give it to some other kid or walk away from it. Get into a group. One of the things that drives me nuts as, as a pastor, just to kind of share this with family today, is the person who complains about not being connected, the person who complains that we're not going deep enough into the Bible, and yet that same person never has the time to actually do anything more. We want to be changed by God. We want to be changed. Third part's embrace. Last part is run. Picturing the father running to the, to the son, we want to run to the world around us. We want to run to the world around us. The great Catholic priest, Henry Nouwen, in his book, he wrote a, a book on the story of the prodigal son. He says this. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. He says, after spending time with the father, we become the father to those around us. After spending time with Jesus, we become the representation of Jesus to the people in our own lives. We become the aroma of Christ. As a church, we want to run. Translation in our own individual lives. We don't just want to learn about Jesus and kind of live a, like a shrink wrap, bubble wrap Christian life. Instead, we want to be used by God. God tells us to go. If our love for Jesus isn't put into action, is it really love? In the book of John, it talks about God just once said the depth of our walk with God, the depth of our walk with Him isn't revealed in how, how, how good a church attendance we have or or how many Bible verses we've recited. Instead, our love for God is revealed in the way that we love the people around us. So run. I pray we'd run and serve people around us. Run and forgive the people around us. Run and sacrifice for the person around us. Run and help people, love people. We get to be the father to those around us. That happens individually as a church. Together, we do this a few tangible ways as well. A few specific tangible ways. We have an adoption fund we created this year. I shared about it a few weeks back. Since the start of this year, we've already helped five families adopt five kids. 
uh, into a forever home, which is just awesome. We do this another way. We also have a partnership with Mission Haiti. Seven years ago, a team that I was a, I was a part of ended up going on a trip to Haiti. I was about as reluctant as, as it possibly gets, but I, I somehow got on this trip. And when we were there, God just like, challenged all of us. And after we got back, we decided to, to end up building a, a school there, a school that was built by Haitians, a school that is run by Haitians to this day called the Embrace Local, the Embrace School. Then this past spring, we met with Mission Haiti again, and we said, what, what's next? And they said, honestly, we, we need another school. There's this village called Madame Pierre that doesn't have a school. There's zero opportunity for education in this village. And they've told us that they want a school so badly that they'll donate the land uh, to Mission Haiti if, to, to have it built. There were kids that were walking three hours. I'm talking first graders walking three hours one way to get an education. And so we decided to, to do something about it. As a church, in five days, we gave over 24000 to help build this school. And I just want to show you a quick update. This is just like two weeks old, I believe. Uh, the update on the school in Madame Pierre. So check out this video right hey here. Hey guys, Paul Breeson here. And I am at the site at the new Embrace School here in Madame Pierre. And all the prep work has been done. The foundation has been dug by hand. Uh, and now we're ready to work. We have cement that is being mixed with sand and water and brought over to the site. The rocks are brought over by hand and of course the water are carried by hand from the base of the mountain or sometimes by a dunk. It's a lot of manpower. Our engineer and our foreman is here working hard making sure everything is done right. Um, so hopefully in less than a month this school will be finished so that in September more than 50 kids will be able to come to school here. We already have more than 60 workers uh, that are working in this project. So already that is job creation uh, that we've been blessed. Thank you so much for your support. We'll send you some more updates here in a couple of weeks. God bless. How awesome is that, huh? Does anyone else feel incredibly lazy after watching that video? Every time I feel like I need to, like, oh my gosh, I need to lose some weight. Kind of cool, I just spoke with someone yesterday who was just recently in the village, and she said, you can't believe how proud the entire village is of this new school. It's really given them an identity. Well, we've decided as a part of this year's year-end gift that we're going to pay off the remainder of the school for them. We started with these four or five classrooms, and we just decided, gosh, let's just take care of the rest of the school. Here's the deal. Right now, between the two schools, there's 325 kids that are getting an education and are having a chance to hear about Jesus, not to mention getting a, a hot meal every single day between these two schools. And speaking of these schools and these kids, these 325 kids, I want to introduce you uh, to one of the little girls that attends uh, the Embrace Local. Her name is Mika Yella. Mika Yella. So here is her story. Check this out. Up before the sun, finding water to take a shower, cook breakfast, then out into the world. Climbing mountains, helping friends along the way, perfected if it rains. Such a long way to go.
just so I can learn. You may wonder why I do this each and every day. It's because there's something inside me, something that needs to come out. There are many dreams, a dream for my life, my family, my community, dreams for my world. I go so far, do so much, fight so hard, because I have so much to give. Believe in me. Believe in my voice. So here's the deal. We have 325 students between these two schools. Uh, and at the start of the day, we have 55 kids who are currently uh, unsponsored. And right now, I think we have like 22 remaining. These are actual kids um, that you're able to actually go on a trip and personally meet. It's not just a random face. It's actual kids. And so we have roughly 20-some students left across the campuses today, left to be covered. I'm holding a little lady here called Marceline, I believe is her name. She's just a sweetheart. For $25 a month, uh, you're able to cover a warm meal. You're able to cover an education. You're able to cover her being able to hear about Jesus. You're able to cover things like her being dewormed. Have you ever had to worry about that with your kids being dewormed before? It's a huge deal for these kids. $25 a month, you're able to do that. And I just want to say it. I just think we should just absolutely crush the rest of these. I just think we should just absolutely cover every single one of these kids. There's going to be more kids if we run out. There's going to be more kids that come up for sponsorships, even in the next month or two. So we have a waiting list. If, if they end up going before the end of the service, please even sign up for the waiting list. But I'd love to see us just completely cover this, just a simple way that we can run and show people the love of Jesus. And so this school is a part of the run part of our church. Um, but another part of, of running is inviting inviting and reaching the people that we know, our coworkers, friends, and neighbors, reaching them and sharing about an opportunity to meet with Jesus themselves. Um, I know this, even this past week, there have been so many people walking through some really hard stuff, and each time after I've left meeting with the person, all I can think is, God, I don't know what I would do in that circumstance without you. I don't know what I would do in that circumstance not knowing that I can cry out for your help, not knowing that I can seek your guidance. Again, we get to invite and reach people. One of my favorite people in our church, and she's not going to like me saying that, uh, is named Val Melmer. And um, a couple of times over this, this, this past year, uh, Val has told me, she says, Adam, why Rick and I come to this church is because I was a prodigal myself. And I want to spend the rest of my life reaching the next prodigal and the next prodigal and the next prodigal. That's why I'm here. That's why we want to be a part of this specific church. To share more about running in this specific way, I want to introduce you to one last person here at the church. And so, Rick, I'm going to invite you to come forward this time. Uh, Rick has been attending Embrace. He's been attending our tea campus for the last five years. He showed up, I think, the second or third week uh, that we were in tea. I, I apologize to him for the first service. Having to put up with Travis Waltner every single week has got to get old. And so... Uh, uh, he's kind of crazy, but... 
he's a blessing to a lot of people, but he's still crazy. He's still crazy. He's still crazy. But Rick, I know um, through firsthand as being someone who's been able to watch your life, God has changed you in so many ways. And so if you just want to talk about that, you could even share specifically about the difference even now Sunday mornings and what they look like to previous Sunday mornings. You can just go for it. All right. Um, yeah. Um, this, this saying is kind of a funny saying, and I didn't make it up, but it applies so well to my early recollection. Um, because of my mom, I had a drug problem. Like, my mom drugged me to church every Sunday. She drugged me to Sunday school. She drugged me to Bible school. She drugged me to youth group. Man, and, you know, thank God she did because it just set a great foundation. Um, one that I always knew was there. Um, it wasn't like I ever got into reading the Bible. It wasn't like I was ever just into listening to the sermon. In fact, I would sit and look, look at the back clock in our church to make sure I wasn't going to miss the kickoff of the Vikings games. Seriously, my mom would be like, no, get off. But um, yeah, thankfully that happened. Um, throughout my high school days, it was the same thing. I knew about God. I loved listening to Christian music like Striper, Petra, Michael W. Smith back in the day. Some of y'all don't know who. Um, I, I, I liked writing Bible verses on my, like, my baseball glove and my basketball shoes. I wore like t-shirts with Bible verses. I, I liked to dress the part, but I really didn't do anything else with it. Um, it was like a one-sided relationship. God was always there. I look back at times in my life during those times, like um, dealing with my dad's alcoholism. Uh, my parents were divorced in middle school. Um, I, uh, when I was in college, uh, my sister's first baby uh, died at seven weeks old. And just looking to how God used those moments, even though I wasn't doing my part, thankfully God doesn't work that way in his love. He just loves you even when you're not giving anything back. But now it's like, man, he was holding on to me. I really wasn't holding on to him. So um, that kind of continued. I'd go to church every once in a while. My wife and I got married back in 2000. We knew we should go to church, so we went to church here and there, and it was like, okay, and we went to church. Once in a while, we started uh, having kids, and it was like, oh, we, they are going to Sunday school. They are going to go to Sunday school. So a lot of times, I would just like be like, get up. It's time to go to Sunday school. Let's go. So I'd drive them to the church. I'd drop them off. I'd go home and watch a little NFL Sunday countdown, getting ready for the Viking game, looking at the clock and be like, dang, I got to get... Can you go get the kids? Because the kickoff's going to start. I forgot they were even at Sunday. Yeah, that was a good example right there. Um, yeah, so it was that um, was kind of the whole um, routine for me up until Embrace. So you started coming and you didn't just start attending. You almost immediately got connected and got plugged in. This, this morning, you were physically at church while I was still in bed sleeping, not even thinking about my alarm clock going off. So that's completely different. Even share about that. I mean, you came and right away you got, you got plugged in and started serving. Yeah, uh, my cousin Scott, who was one of the pioneers of Embrace back when Adam started this whole thing in Watertown, um, he started, to, you know, hey, you should ch come check out Embrace. You should check it out. And I'm like, ah, you meet like once every other week or something like that, and you kind of like find a spot to do church once in a while. Like, that doesn't sound like great. And then they get a big building, and I'm like, well, I don't want to like take my kids there because my kids won't know anybody at Sunday school. So we're, we're good. We'll just kind of do what we're doing. And then 
the T campus opened up and it was like, yeah, let's try it. Cause he's like, now you really don't have an excuse. So we went and that first day. It was like, oh man, this is really fun. This is like a celebration. Like this is kind of what it seems like it should be for some reason. And, um, I just remember then, you know, it, it no longer became a matter of a question of, am I going to church today? Like on a Sunday, it's like, I'm going. And then like, how long can I stay there? I kept asking Travis over there, like, you know, what could I do over here so I could stay a little bit longer, you know? And he's like, well, get volunteered. What do you want to do? So after a while, I'm involved in the, in the tech booth doing some slides, volunteering and that. And then I'm like, anything more, anything more? You know, and, and, and uh, no, I, didn't, I, I wasn't even worried about if I was going to miss the kickoff of the Vikings game anymore. I was just like, man, what else can I do? So I got involved in the production team back there and, and um, in small groups, started attending some small groups because I was like, what in the world is that? That's kind of weird, like you're sitting around like, with other people talking, but yeah, I'll try it. And it's amazing, even um, when you have trials and deficits of your own, um, it's such a good opportunity for your faith to grow. But like once I started getting in those small groups, whether it was a men's small group or a couple's small group or a youth group, um, helping out with that, you start hearing other people's stories and the deficits that God not just didn't bring them out of, but brought them through it. It was like, whoa, then your faith really starts going, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just gotten better and better as time has gone by. I still struggle with so many things, but from where I was to where I am now, and it's it's... Crazy. crazy, yeah. More specifically, God began to use you not just in your, your, the church embrace, but also in your own family. Can you tell me about just how God used you with your dad? Yeah, um, it was about four years ago my dad started just not feeling well, like just down, out, just not feeling well. And um, since I started wa uh, coming to embrace, it's crazy because now I watch like two or three different sermons during the week online of different churches and things like that. And when my dad was going through this tough time, it was just hard to talk to him even on the phone. You just felt he was defeated and man, it was tough. Like it was maddening. Um, and one night I was watching a message um, from a church in North Carolina on a Monday night and the pastor was talking about... Um, the book of Isaiah, book of uh, chapter 43, and he was saying how the Israelites were going through tough times too. And that God said in verse uh, 19, behold, like, check this out. Um, I'm doing a new thing. Like, do you not perceive it? Like, look around. I'm doing it already. It's happening. And I was like, man, this is kind of good for my dad to hear. This is good for my dad to hear. So um, it was about a week later, um, he had a, an appointment in, at the Mayo Clinic scheduled, and yeah, it was just not good. Like, we didn't know what was going on. And we got him into the, into the motel room, my stepsister and stepmom, got him in his motel room, and he was just in so much pain, it was like the worst thing to ever see. Um, and some of you know exactly what I mean. And um, I was in the bathroom, and I'm like, I, I really want to tell him this verse because this could do everything for him. All of a sudden he could get healed and he could tell people about it. He could really get into the word. Like this, this is such a great thing for him. This is such a good thing for him to hear. And um, I heard, I was in the bathroom and I heard my stepmom and my stepsister leave the room. And I was like, here's my chance. And this isn't a normal thing. This is a new thing to even want to share a Bible verse with my dad. It wasn't that kind of a father son thing. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I was like walking out and he's not in the mood for anything. And I'm like, um, Dad, I'm going to go, but could I read this cool Bible verse that I heard the other day? He's like, yeah. 
So I read that to him and I was like, ah, I got it out. And then I was just expecting him to yep, see ya. But he looked at me and thanked me with tears in his eyes. And I was like, whoa, what's up with that? And um, as time went on, I started realizing sometimes that new thing doesn't happen in the circumstance that you wanted it to happen because he got worse. Nothing got better. But what, what the new thing was how I started seeing God working through this and um, seeing the way that he would look at my children his, and his other grandchildren when they were in the room. It's like, whoa. Looking at the way he talked, hearing and looking at the way he talked to his wife. And then the love, it was like, whoa. And the way my mom, who they had been divorced since I was in middle school, the way my mom sat in his hospital room the night before he died and, and recalled old memories with him. Like, he, he couldn't even talk. And here she's showing grace like that to, man, it was, it was just something crazy. You know, and I got, to, I got to sit with him the night before he died and told him, like, Dad, I'm, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk at your funeral. Like, this is what I'm going to say. Like, and he's laying there, and I'm like, is this okay to tell him this? Because like, um, he was in hospice care at the time. And then um, to have the opportunity to be in the room when he passed. And like, whoa. And my, one of my nieces, Hope, who works here, her sister, Rachel, um, said, man, I wish I could see what Grandpa sees right now. I wish I could see that. So then at his funeral, I wanted, like, I want to talk about, I want to get up there and talk. And again, this wasn't something I had ever expected to be doing, but I wanted to make sure that I didn't talk about the good things my dad did in his life, but what the good things that God did through, through my dad um, in his life and things that I started to notice, you know. So, yeah, so that's something I never would have imagined having the opportunity to do. So. Isn't it crazy to think that all this took place because of a simple invitation? This is a simple invitation from a, a cousin. One invitation yesterday was uh, we were talking on the phone and Rick has such a huge heart for inviting people. And I said, what does this look like right now in your life? And he said, well, actually, uh, for the last year or so, I've been struggling to invite people, friends and whatever, because I've already invited everyone in my life. Like, I don't know who else to invite. And I just thought that even in itself was amazing. But the power of an invitation Rick, thank you so much. Can we put it up for Rick and just thank him? Thank you so much. Next week at each of our campuses, uh, we're going to have someone local preaching, really sharing about each of the unique campuses and, and what God's currently up to at each of our, our, our places of, of worship. That's next week, though. But to end, I want to go back to where we started today and really in week one, what does it mean to reach the next person for Jesus? Is it just a butt and a seat? Just more people on a Sunday? What does it mean to reach the next person for Jesus? Encounter compassion, embrace, run. And then when someone begins to run and invite someone themselves, that's the moment that we've reached them. When God's met with them, overwhelmed them with his compassion, changed them, and then set them on fire to run to the world around them. Encounter compassion, embrace, run. Last question for us is the same from last week. This fall, as we step into this new season, this new church year, this time when it just feels like God is gonna do something so special through this imperfect church, who's the next person for you? 
Who are you praying for? Who are you intentionally serving, forgiving, showing compassion to? Who are you inviting to church? Maybe it's your mom, your dad that's sick, a sibling, a coworker that's struggling, your spouse, a son or daughter of yours. Who's that next person for you? I pray we'd step out of our comfort zone, we'd step out of our boat and we'd throw a life jacket to the people around us, that we'd tell them about this father who's got two sons, that we'd reach the next person for Jesus. Let's pray. Gracious Father, Heavenly King, we're thankful for you. We're thankful that you so loved us that you sent us your son, Jesus. Someone that we're all so desperately needy for. And Jesus, you meet us right where we are and yet you love us enough to not let us stay there. God, I pray for all of us that are, that are hearing this. Would you change us even right now in this moment? Would you change our attitude to look more like yours, our, our thoughts to look more like yours, our words, our actions, just to look a little bit more like yours, God, and then would you send us? Would we not just love you and then not do anything with it? Would we love you and because we love you, would we run to the people around us? Lord, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for this, this church called Embrace. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.